Hey, we're Phil and Meredith, and we're the pastors here at Cornerstone Church, and we are so glad that you are here with us today. It's our prayer that this message is an inspiration to you, that it builds you up, that it stirs your faith right now in your today, as well as in the days to come. We believe that God has great things for you. God bless you. At the, at the beginning of, of uh, COVID-19, with the, the, the numbers of Zooms that I was doing with churches and pastors, I was telling them, make sure you pay attention during this time who moves towards you and who moves away from you. I told them, pay attention, pay attention. And they kept asking me, when are we coming out of this thing? I said, we're coming out of it when we figure out how we got into it and why we got into it. And I heard, I heard this word. Have you ever heard this old, old statement that the, the same boiling water that makes an egg hard makes a potato soft? Ain't, no, ain't nothing changed with the water. So I begin to realize that in the midst of everything that's going on in the world, that what we should be doing is paying attention. Because some people said, and the last time I was talking to you, I was talking about how you know, mean people can be because it seemed like you know, people's just on edge. And I realized they always been mean, but, the, but we just didn't have the boiling water to reveal it. <laughs> and then I saw how kind other people are being, helping uh, elderly or people that were in nursing homes and, um, and, and uh, care facilities. And I saw people going by and having, uh, holding up signs and doing little, uh, like, uh, parades, you know, in their cars just to let them know we love our first responders and we love our healthcare workers and loving our teachers. I thought, how, how nice is that? Then I realized they always been nice. I want to say to somebody, this virus did not make you somebody you're not. All it did was reveal it. All it did was reveal it. So you have to pay attention. Somebody say, pay attention. You got to pay attention because the same water that makes some people hard makes some people soft, but they always been that way. They just had to be a circumstance organized so that we can begin to pay attention. So I'm, I'm talking today about this one word, turn, 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 turn. Somebody shout turn. turn. I told you there's a 21 turn coming in your direction a 21 day turn <clears throat> that is coming in your direction but you have to know that turn can be your forward movement that's why i have arrows going in both directions because a turn is coming and you have to determine to lean in to your turn. No, you missed that one right there. Lean in to your turn. <clears throat> Have you ever seen motorcycle racers? And when they get to that, to that corner, they have to lean into the turn. You have to lean into the turn because that's really where the acceleration comes from. You notice that when the motorcycle racers lean into the turn, I had to get a picture because I can't do that right there. <laughs> and when you lean into the turn, you got to hear this. I'm getting ready to drop this on you. 
Are you ready? Somebody say, I hear you. What, what, what you have to see is that when you lean into the turn, your knee is on the ground. So if you're going to accelerate in your turn, you've got to get your knee on the ground. Mm. Have you ever seen the, the, uh, the, the, the it's, it's the same way, it's just another illustration. Skiers do the same thing when skiers are racing. They got to get them knees close to the ground. Because you have to lean into your turn. You have to lean into your turn. You have to understand about, about motivation when it comes to turning. When it comes to turning, you're either, you're either turning backward or you're turning forward. You're either leaning in or you're leaning out. Somebody say, I hear you. The reason this is important is because you have on one side of the arrows, you have what I call away from people. And then you have on the other side, you have toward people. So here's what I mean by that. Some people's only motivation is to move from pain. Other people... I'm moving towards something. Now, I got Bible for all this stuff. The Bible for this stuff is for you to understand that the problem with Israel's children was that they were able to leave Egypt because they were, that was an away from generation. But they were not able to move toward the promised land. Are you tracking with me? Another generation had to come that had a different motivation that said, we're not just, do you know any away from people? I know people that they, they live their whole life that way. The only time they go from one job to another job is when they're mad at the last job. The only time they move from one relationship to another relationship is when they're mad at the last one. The only time they go from one church to another church is when they're mad at somebody else. They, they are away from people. They know how to move away from a thing, but they don't know how to move toward a thing. Kathy, help me with this next screen because I, I, I want to identify it in a, in a couple different ways. The one under this. So you have people that are problem people and you have people that are promised people. Are you tracking with me? So some people are moving maybe away from, but their focus is problem. And other people move towards something, they turn because their focus is promise. Are you tracking with me? All right, so let's, let's go one more. Let's go one more. Some people are yesterday people, and some people are tomorrow people. So you have to say, if you're going to have a turn, and you're welcome to take pictures of any of these screens or whatever. Get up and move around. You got plenty of space. Don't worry about it. <clears throat> that, that if a person's mind is always focused on yesterday, always focused on the problem, and always away from, then that's a direction. Woo. But if you are a toward person, then you are thinking about solutions. Promises 
and you have a tomorrow. Now, please, 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 I'm, 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 I'm going to get there. I'm going to get I'm just getting you ready for this word I'm going to drop on you. <clears throat> you have to understand that the direction and motivation of a person's heart and life determines what that turn looks like. And if you lean in and accelerate in your turn, then that means you're thinking about promises and thinking about tomorrow and you belong in somebody's future. Israel's children that came out, the away from crowd, were happy to get away from Egypt. But because they were not toward people and they could not grab a hold of the promise, every time something happened, they kept wanting to go back to yesterday. Am I making sense to anyone? They kept wanting to go back to yesterday because that's where their motivation was. You have to think to yourself that every time they encountered an obstacle, their motivation became revealed. Because you, you would think, come on now, <clears throat> when they get to the promised land and they send the spies in <clears throat> and, um, and then, you know, the, the spies said, oh, there's giants in the land, right? Them people said, let's go back to Egypt. You, you done walked all the way out here. And they was ready to go back. This is, this is not something new with people. The Apostle Paul got, got into a thing with the, the, the church there in Hebrews. And um, when, when they first started off being saved, they had so much faith. Really, in your life, your faith should get stronger the longer you serve him. I like the way Paul said one time, he said, I know in whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able. When I first started serving him, I didn't know him. I believed in him. But after you've been with him for a while, you're able to say, I know in whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able. Somebody say yes. I'm just getting the yeses in the room right here. And so, so there was, it was not a new thing. And in the particular time when Paul was writing to the, 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 the church over there in the book of Hebrews, I mean, they, they were being sometimes kidnapped and thrown into jail and beat up and all those kind of things. And he, he addresses all that. But, but I kind of like the way uh, the 10th chapter of Hebrews, somewhere around uh, 38 verse, see if we, he says, so don't throw it all away now. You were sure of yourselves back then, and it's still a sure thing. But you need to stick, stick it out. Stay with God's plan so you'll be there for the promised completion. It won't be long now. Somebody say 21 days. It won't be long now. He's on the way. He'll show up most any minute. But anyone who is right with me thrives on loyal trust. If he cuts and runs, I won't be very happy. But we're not quitters who lose out. Oh, no. We'll stay with it and survive trusting all the way. This is what the Apostle Paul writes to him because you're going to make a turn. 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 You either got to turn towards the promise or you're going to re return to your problem. 
People don't understand sometimes how, how God does a thing. I'm going to get around to my, I'm gonna get around to my, my, my verse for you. <clears throat> People don't know how God does a thing, so they don't know how it moves. Let me just walk this out because it's going it's to be important. So if we start with Abraham, Abraham teaches us how the blessing works. I'm not, going to, I'm not going to trouble you with a lot of, uh, too, too many scriptures for you today, but, but if, if you understand how the blessing works with Abraham, Abraham without predecessor, Abraham without a Bible, Abraham without an example, got up and started walking toward the promise. And God said, here's how this is going to work. I'm going to bless those that bless you. I curse those that curse you. And in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. You guys know the Bible. <clears throat> so what I'm thinking about is that the blessing that God put on Abraham was never intended to stay with Abraham. Abraham was the source in the earth of how the blessing is conveyed. Are you tracking with me? But God said the blessing that's on you can get on somebody else. By the time it's over, in you shall all the earth be blessed. So through Abraham, we learn, track with me, we learn how the blessing moves. The blessing moves. Uh, the, the, the point I'm trying to make to you is that whenever you have a turn, you have to understand <clears throat> some people turn one way, some people turn another way, some people are eggs and some people are potatoes. <clears throat> some, people, some people are promise and some people are problem. Are you tracking with me? So here's what happens. Watch. I'm, I'm, I'm really got something for you. So, so what you have to see then is that Lot is connected to Abraham. Here's the problem with Lot. Lot gets so used to Abraham's blessing that he thinks he don't need Abraham to be blessed. And this is what we learn. So, so he decides, you know, I'm going to go over here to Sodom and Gomorrah, which was really a bad choice. And Abraham continues to be blessed, but Lot does not continue to be blessed. Because through Abraham, we understand how God works through blessing. Some of you are looking partly cloudy. I know it's rained out there today, so... Let, let, me, let, let, me, let me do it like this. How many of you have ever raised teenagers into grown people? All right. So you understand this analogy, I'm sure. When they get used to living under your covering, <laughs> when they're used to you paying the bills, um, they should not mistake that for the fact that they can do the same thing very quickly. You ever have a teenager get a job and then try to ask you, what is FICA? <laughs> Who is FICA? FICA is getting my money because they never had to pay any taxes. <clears throat> and when, when Kathy and I's children uh, went, went to college and began to live you know, on their own, they were amazed at how much stuff costs. You talk about sticker shock and shell shock, you know, because you can think like, oh, I'll just go to the store, 
and I'll get this, 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 you know, you, you, and, and when, you, when you're young and, and you have, you know, tight money and you're in school, you know, and, uh, and, and you load up a grocery cart, because that's what you see mom and dad do, load up a grocery cart, you take that grocery thing up there, because, you know, when, you, when you're young, you just wait for them to run it on through there. You ain't looking at them numbers, you know, and then uh, in, in about the first time somebody's out on their own and they start putting that, that shopping cart up there and they starts going through there and it's like, ching, 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 you realize I should not have got that whole cart. You start thinking differently because you can get used to living under somebody else's blessing and not realize what it's like to step out from under that blessing. That's what we learned through Abraham. I'm still walking it out. Moses teaches us how deliverance works. Moses teaches us how deliverance to work. So God, God uses Abraham so that people can be blessed. He uses Moses to help people become delivered. I'm trying to show you a principle. The principle I'm showing you with Moses, I don't want you to take it wrong. There's no reason for Aaron if there's not a Moses. There, there's no reason for her. There's no reason for Miriam. There's no reason for Levites. There ain't no reason for any of them. Unless there's a Moses. Because the, the, the reason, once Moses is in place, now Aaron has a purpose. And we know Aaron can't do what Moses does because Moses goes to the mountain for 40 days. Aaron's first time of 40-day leadership, and he done built a golden calf. <laughs> Moses comes down from the mountain. What I'm trying to tell you is that we learn the power of connections. That being blessed means be connected to Abraham, and you're going to be blessed. If you're going to be delivered, you've you got, you got to get connected to Moses because can't nobody else wave that rod like that. I say that because when people get used to somebody else's anointing and somebody else's covering, they have to be careful that they don't think they can do it by themselves and think that you no longer need headship or covering. I'm, I'm, I'm coming your direction because, because all of a sudden Miriam got so used. Well, watch this. Watch this. The first time praise is mentioned in the Bible, right? They get there by that Red Sea, and every time, because they're away from people, because they're problem people, every time they ran into an obstacle, they were like, we're going to kill Moses. You brought us out here to kill us. You know, all that kind of stuff until they got hungry, and then they needed some bread, and my goodness, Moses is the miracle man. He can have bread show up and get water from a rock. Then they love Moses again, but they got this they got this backing up in them. First time praise is mentioned. They're there at the Red Sea, and Moses waves a rod. The waters part. We were singing about it today. The waters parted. They went through on dry ground. On, on the other side of that, Moses said, the enemy that you see today, you will see no more. And Miriam grabbed a tambourine. And started singing her song. Y'all remember that? And she was, that's, that's the only reason. That, that's, that's Miriam's purpose. But she don't have that purpose. Unless there's a Moses. The problem is she, so, she got so used to Moses that her and her little, her, her crew rolled up on Moses one day and said, oh, does God only talk to you? God talks to me. Too. See, that's what happens when you, when you get used to 
being under somebody else's anointing. No, y'all, y'all, y'all don't want me to preach today. What, so, so Miriam said, you know, I mean, if, if you read it, if you read it, if you read it. I know I'm preaching this all over the world, but y'all just going to have to grab it. Because what they did was they got upset because of Moses' black wife. Have y'all ever read the Bible? Okay. King James, Ethiopian woman. That Ethiopian woman that you married. So, it's, it's, it's a strange story. I've, Moses wouldn't have been white. But he was an Ethiopian. And so, God... God, I don't have time to do all the theology with it today, but God said um, to Miriam, then, then we're going to give you leprosy. We're going to let you have leprosy. Because when people get leprosy, then they get real white. God said, if you don't like the blackness, I'm going to give you a whole bunch of whiteness. And, but what God was reminding them was that I speak to you, he said, in similitudes. But I speak to Moses as a man speaks to his friend face to face. Yes, here we go. Here we go. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still working. I'm still working. Uh, Gideon has a purpose. Abraham teaches us how the blessing moves through connection. Moses teaches us how deliverance moves through connection. And then we got Gideon, and Gideon teaches us how the battle moves by connection. And so there's Gideon. You know the story. It's not my main message today. You know, the Lord is going to be with you, all that kind of thing. 30,000 people standing there with him. But you can't go into battle until people know how to turn. You've got to figure out what direction people have in them. And so Gideon finally gets himself excited because he got 30,000 people with him, something like that. <laughs> and, and, and God said, uh, tell everybody that's afraid because they got fear in them, they're going to turn the wrong direction on you. And you can't wait till you're in the middle of a battle for somebody to go the wrong way. You might as well find that out now. So he said, whoever's afraid, go home. What was it, 27,000, something like that? Went, and he, he still got, got some more left. And then, and then take him down to the water. All those kinds of things. He, he has 300 people. But watch this. All the people that turned the wrong direction could not win the battle. But the people that knew that the only way we're going to win this battle is to be connected to Gideon. Because God ain't putting that anointing on anybody else. Got it? So that's, that's, he teaches us about the battle. I'll, I'll give you one more. I don't want to worry you out. David is a bad man. David is a bad man. You should not mess with David. He's a bad man. Always been a bad man. He was bad when he was a kid. You understand what I mean? He's out there with them sheep. Killing a bear. That's a bad boy. He's out there with them sheep. And he kills a lion. He, I'm, t I'm just trying to tell you, David ain't no joke. David ain't no joke. And for, for whatever God's purpose is, 
he puts on David an anointing. And when God puts an anointing on someone, then if you are connected to that, you become the beneficiary of that anointing. What happens is if you get too used to it, you start thinking you can, because you're just used to being under the anointing. You back there, you back there with that shopping cart because you don't know what it costs. And, and some people liked it when David played that harp. And some people liked it when David was the warrior. But here's what I like about David. <laughs> David did not bring his harp to a giant fight. When Goliath stood out there, this is me having a little, a little, you know, freedom with the scripture. But in my imagination, I'll put it that way. In my imagination, when that, when that giant yells out there, David grabs his harp, says to somebody, hold this. You need to hold my harp because I'm not taking a harp to a giant fight. I'm going to go get me some stones. And I'm going to get me a sling. Come on, are you, are you understanding? I, what I'm trying to tell you is when, when David took down that, that giant <coughs> through the power of God that day and a slingshot, then everybody, everybody had the opportunity to understand David is a bad man. And if we, if we support David, if we hold up David's hands, if we connect ourselves to David, we all going to win because God said he's the king and he's the guy that can do it. you got to be careful. you got to be careful. I'm going to finish this story. The, the reason I say that is because I've spent most of my life in church. I mean, all of my life, really. But, but you, you can get so used to living in the grace and blessing of God that... That if you, if, if you start taking it lightly, or you think you can do the same thing without the blessing of God. Who am I talking to? Th th this is not just a one-person deal. That's why God told them in Deuteronomy chapter 8, when you, when you are blessed, and when I brought you a long way, be careful that your heart doesn't get lifted up. To such a degree that you say, look what my hand and my power and my... He said, but you will remember the Lord your God. For as he... Somebody ought to say, I'm not going to forget. I'm not going to forget. I want you to think right now about how God has brought you. About how God has taught you. How God has protected you. How God has preserved you. Even when you didn't know what was going on, God found a way to bless you. And everybody ought to put your hands together right here. <coughs> We're almost there. Come on, just, just, just turn the praise up to another, just, to, just for a minute. I like to feel like I'm in church when I'm in church. And I want somebody at home to feel like it wherever you are right now. Because, because this is a tendency that we have, that we take things for granted. We take because we get used to them. Isn't that right? Uh, uh, when, when the power goes off, you realize, oh, I'm used to electricity. Uh, when the storms went through uh, New Jersey uh, the other week, because I, I get my times mixed up. I'm probably like you. Like when everything gets locked down, I forget what day it is. What day is it? I wake up and ask Kathy, what's the day? You know? and, and the storms went through Jersey. I have a younger brother that, that lives in, in, in that area, and all, all, it was like a million people without power. 
And they told them it might be five to seven days before we can get all the power back on. Now, I know especially all the moms is thinking the same thing. What's going on with the refrigerator? Because now all of a sudden you start thinking meat is going to spoil and things going all of those kind of things and people couldn't get ice because you know the other people went and snatched up all the ice and what, what i'm trying to tell you is you can get so used to walking up to your faucet and turning the water on till the water don't come out you can get so used to flipping a light switch and the lights come on until the power goes out you you can there's so many things that that we we're used to that have gotten readjusted and changed and moved around I'm trying to give you a reference point to the fact that you should be careful because we can do the same thing with the things of God by which we get so used to living under the blessing we get so used to being connected to good headship we get so used to being in a place of atmosphere we get so used to it until if you're not careful then if you forget about it then you think that you can do the same thing without it this has to do with these arrows with these arrows I'm trying to get you to have a 21 day turn but in a, in a good direction because here's what happened David and his crew were out in a battle and they came to Ziklag and when they got to Ziklag you know what they found out the while they were doing the things of God that the enemy came in behind them and burned their houses down y'all remember this story and they came there and they, and they said they they captured their wives and their children and burnt their houses down that's a, that's a remarkable thing that sometimes you can be doing the right thing. And, but here, here's the, the, the thing for me. The thing for me was this. The, the people that were with David, you, you, you can read about it. It says that they spake of stoning David. It said because their souls were hurt. Now, how is stoning David going to get your stuff back? But they were so used to David that they thought if, that, that we, we just do this without David. And David, so the Bible said, see, they don't know David. David is somebody. They don't know David is somebody. You have to understand that when people are problem-oriented and they can't see the promise, Mm -hmm. and their soul is not prosperous they always look for a target and they thought if we take David out well we're just gonna take care of this ourselves the Bible said here's what David did David said no it's not it's not the fact that you don't need me it's the fact I don't need you Whew. I know y'all don't like that kind of preaching they didn't David's like no 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 I know you need me. You just don't know I don't need you. I can kill a lion. I can kill a bear. I can kill a giant. And so here's how I know that David understood that. Because while they talk about killing David, David said, the Bible said, David said, he encouraged himself in the Lord. Because that was their purpose. Their purpose was to make sure that David is good. 
And if they don't fulfill their purpose, David is still David. So David said he just encouraged himself in the Lord, and he didn't go for a sword. He went for the ephod. He wrapped himself up in the presence of God, encouraged himself in the Lord, and the Lord said, you shall pursue, you shall overtake, and you shall without fail recover it all. I'm trying to tell you that God puts anointing on people. <clears throat> now, last part, last part. I'm, I'm getting ready to give you a little bit of teaching here, okay? Are y'all ready? Because see, that, that little clap break right there in some of the churches that this message is going to and that they're going to play at a later date, that was enough for them. That was their end. That's for you, Sam Rodriguez. That's 20 minutes. <laughs> Come up here and preach for an hour. <clears throat> and um, I want to talk to you about this because I'm, the word, this, this turnaround that I'm getting ready to give to you it comes from a scripture. I'm just building you to the place so that you can receive it. So with me, if I only had one book out of the Old Testament, one book out of the New Testament, I like Genesis and I like John. I like the whole Bible. But if you only had Genesis and John, you could get there. Genesis tells you how, how, how it goes, and John gives you the whole story. So, so there's a way to do that. Now, but... For personal devotion and living, it's easy to go through the Psalms and Proverbs. The reason I'm saying that is because, especially for new believers, or if you're trying to get acquainted with your Bible, you know, you don't want to start over there in Leviticus. That's, that's a little, it's a little tough. And, and there are many books in the Bible that, that, you know, take a little help or study guides and things like that to help you understand it. <laughs> and um, my wife has been going through, um, she's, she, she's got a, an online thing that she's doing, going through the whole Bible. And um, I knew when she got through Leviticus, because she had a praise. And sometime in the morning, she'll go sit, sit out on the, on the picnic table, the out, outdoor table, and she gets her earphones in and gets, the, gets her, her lesson on there. And... Um, when she was in the middle of Leviticus, she would be coming in like. <laughs> or Lamentations, you know, something like that. And she was in Leviticus. And then the, the, the one day she come in the door, she goes, whew, we threw Leviticus. <laughs> <clears throat> but if you're, going, if you're going to just study something, go to Genesis, go to John, and in the day, read the psalm. All right, here's a little teaching on psalms. Can I do it? The Hebrew word for psalms means songs of praise. The Greek word for psalms means sacred songs sung to accompaniment. That's what they are. They're songs. And, and they're written poetically. But to really understand psalms, you have to understand that psalms is actually five books in itself. It has five divisions of psalms. And they're referred to as the books of psalms. Some people believe that they, they're broken into five books of Psalms uh, to match the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. But, the, but the, the, there's important. Uh, see, if we, see if we can go through this, guys. So the, the first book of Psalms is Psalms 1 through Psalms 41. The second book of Psalms is Psalms 42 through 72. The third book of Psalms, I'm coming is Psalms 73 through 89. The fourth book of Psalms is Psalms 90 
through 106. And the fifth book of Psalms is Psalms 107 through 150. We know that when we've come to the end of a book of Psalms, because each book of these Psalms ends with a doxology. And that's how you know that that, that section is completed. All right? Each one of these teaches us something. We get ready to make these five declarations. So just get it. If y'all want to get up and come take pictures, you ain't going to bother nobody. Okay. Kathy, help me with this. Uh, the book one of Psalms, which is Psalms 1 through 41, teaches us that God is beside us. The second book of Psalms teaches us that God goes before us. Uh-huh. The third book of Psalms teaches us that God is all around us. The fourth book of Psalms teaches us that God is above us. And the fifth book of Psalms teaches us that God is among us. That's what, that's what they do. And if you read those and you understand that this is the breakdown of it, when you get to that understanding at the end of it, you will have a doxology. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. You, you will have uh, uh, blessing the Lord forever and ever. Everybody jump up on your feet right here. We're going to make a little declaration here. We're going to declare it. If you're at home, we're going to leave this up on your screen so that, you can, so that you can speak these words to yourself. Speak these words to yourself. Say it out loud with me. God is beside us. Let, let's make it personal. Say, God is beside me. Say, God is before me. God is around me. God is above me. And God is among me. And we declare to every person today that God is beside you, wherever you may be. You can't see him. You might can't feel him. But I declare, according to his word, that God is before you, that God is before you, God is around you, God is above you, and God is among you. And nobody else may can't see him, but there he is right there in the midst of your situation. There he is right there in the midst of your circumstance. There he is, whether you're in Africa, whether you're in Argentina, whether you're in Mexico City, whether you are in Georgia, whether you are in Atlanta, wherever you may be at right now, we declare that God is with you, God is for you, and you about ready to have a turnaround. In about 21 days, somebody's going to have a turnaround. And I'd like for somebody just to do this one time. Just do it one time. Just do it one time, wherever you may be. And I want somebody to shout into the air, turn around. Come on, shout, turn around. Come on, shout, turn around. The enemy may be walking towards you, but you tell that enemy you need to turn around because I'm getting ready to have a turnaround in my life in the next 21 days. By the time August is over, August has a little bit more than 21 days left, I think. But by the time August is over, I just feel like August is going to be a turnaround time. A turnaround time for somebody. Okay, last part. Here we go. Sit down, sit down. I know y'all ain't used to preaching. <laughs> the, reason I, the reason I brought you to Psalms and walked you through Moses, I know you're probably curious about that, is that um, Moses also writes psalms and some people don't know that that all the psalms weren't written, weren't written by david moses also wrote psalms ain't that something solomon wrote psalms asap wrote psalms david wrote psalms and i, I noticed that there's something about the connection here we go 
I'm going to bring it all together now. There's something about how the blessing works. There's something about how deliverance works. There's something uh, about how battles work. And there's something about how recovery works that sometimes ties the understanding of wisdom and music and warfare all together at the same time. Because Moses can bring you out, but he can also write you a psalm. David can bring down a giant, but he can also play that harp. Are you tracking with me? You, 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 you got to get it in there together. And when they say, they say, bring a minstrel and we'll prophesy. There's something about it. It's what we call a worshiping warrior. I say that because in the middle of the Psalms, in the middle of the Psalms, I didn't mean to put you into a, a Bible class today, but in the middle of the Psalms are 15 Psalms that are referred to as the Psalms of degree. I'm coming to my end. Y'all going to be so excited when you go home. The Psalms of Degrees are 15 Psalms. Huh. Psalms of Degrees. Let, 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 the, the better way to refer to it is sometimes they are called the Psalms of Steps. Another understanding of it is they are the Psalms of the journey up. Why? Because in the, in the temple, going to the presence of God are 15 steps. Oh. And this is the, the Psalms of degrees were not sung by the congregation. The Psalms of degrees were sung by the Levites, the priests, the connected ones. And they would get on that first step and they would sing the first psalm of degree on that first step. They get to that second step and they sing the second psalm of degrees. That's why it's called the song of steps. That's why it's called the psalms of the journey up. I keep trying to tell you that the Levites were those who were joined. That's what the word Levi means, joined. Joined. And so now they go up. They go up. Everybody say, I'm going up. And on every step, they sang a song. And they couldn't go from that step till they, sang the, till they got to the next step. And then they sang another song. And they couldn't change until they got done with that psalm of degree. And then they go to the next one. And then 15 steps up. Because the psalms of degrees take you higher. Take you higher. Everybody say, I'm going up. All right, I say that because the, the word that I have on your 21-day turnaround is coming to you from a psalm of degree. This is Psalms 126. When the Lord brought back the captive of Zion, we were like those who dreamed a dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter, our tongue was singing. Then they said amongst the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are glad. Bring back our captivity, O Lord, as the streams of the south. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with him rejoicing, bringing his sheaths with him. This, 
and, and, and that particular translation doesn't reveal the word, but if you see it in the, in the proper translation, it is the, the word turn is used there several times. When the Lord turned is really what the scripture is, guys. When the Lord turned the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dreamed a dream. And I got a word for somebody, and anybody that wants to take it can jump up if you want to. But this word that is coming to somebody, that by the, by, by the time your turnaround comes, you're going to find out it's going to be like you were in a dream. Because God's getting ready to turn something in your favor. And God is getting ready to make something happen on your behalf. And you're about ready to start ascending, 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 ascending from one level. Somebody in your house is getting ready to have a turnaround. Somebody feels like this last season has taken things from you and brought you into a place of captivity. But I'm here to tell you that God is about ready to turn. He's about ready to turn your sorrow into joy. He's about ready to turn your mourning into dancing. He's about ready to turn your water into wine. He's about ready to turn something in your favor something is coming in your direction and on your behalf and if everybody right here I'm done now I'm done now this is where you got to get your last amens your last praise your last shout this right here we're going to put about 10 10 seconds of yes atmosphere and yes agreement into this room we are believing that that word will bring strength and hope into your life. Absolutely. If God just spoke to you through this message and you're stirred right now to partner with us and to sow financially into the ministry that is Cornerstone Church, I want to encourage you to jump on over to our website, which is simply cornerstone.church and click the Give button. Find the avenue that is most convenient for you today. That's right. We are going to continue spreading the message of the gospel and we look forward to continuing to connect together.